What's up, Gerard? How's it going? How are you, man? It's going well, Mark. How about yourself? I'm doing amazing. So excited to have you on today and to Likewise. be able to dive into NFTs and e-commerce. So for everyone listening, Let's do it. we've got Gerard Pinto, who is head of partnerships at Rare Circles. Gerard, you want to give everyone a little background on you and what you do, and then we can dive into how Rare Circles is powering e-commerce brands to build an NFT component to their business. Yeah. So thank you again for having me on today, Mark. For those of you that are unfamiliar with me, my name is Gerard. I lead agency partnerships at Rare Circles. Rare Circles is a technology platform that allows brands, agencies, and individual creatives to launch NFT projects more efficiently. We provide a range of impactful tools that range from smart contract generation to a robust fiat and crypto checkout and a post-purchase experience where you can deliver the utility of the NFT to the community that you've been cultivating. Prior to diving into the Web3 space though, I was working within the e-commerce realm. That's how I know Mark. I was his partner manager over at PostScript, which was a SMS marketing company within the Shopify ecosystem. And prior to that, I was working at Shopify, working with our largest design development agencies in the East Coast and uh, have dabbled in e-commerce businesses myself. Uh, prior to working at Shopify, I launched a bunch of drop shipping stores. So I know how to launch a store from scratch and all the, all the components that go into having a successful campaign. Hell yes. Love to yeah. hear that. So Gerard, where are things right now in the NFT landscape? We're filming this in early September, 2022, and a lot has happened over the last few months. Like we saw NFTs throughout 2021 really come from something no one had ever heard before to hearing these massive projects just getting momentum and the aftermarkets just going crazy. Where are you seeing NFTs right now being in the space so deep at Rare Circles? And how can other brands that don't have an NFT component to their business start to th thrive with it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think when you look at the markets in general, there is a lot of hesitation in terms of entering the market because there is there has been a pullback within the space. However, when you compare the NFT and the crypto space to traditional markets, it's not even really much of a pullback. If you look at just the year 2020 to 2021, the NFT space saw 585x growth. So yeah. while the pullback has occurred, the very large brands and brands that are on the cutting edge are still launching projects and still is now actually a great time because you can actually start to distinguish yourself within the marketplace and offer what I like to call the second wave of NFTs, um, which is more based around the utility of the project instead of just a fancy JPEG with a picture For of a sure. monkey on it. For sure. I think you bring up a really interesting point right now. What is a great use case of utility right now for brands? Is it authenticity? Is it still like, is it community? Is it like still a regenerative art project? I'm just curious, what are you seeing that's kicking off these projects and actually like building something that's converting well, right? Because we can build anything out there as a brand, but at the end of the day, does our community want to buy it? Yeah, I think 
when you look at NFTs as a whole, NFTs have a compounding effect. So the art itself could be an actual draw for people to purchase the NFT or maybe like they like the brand, but there are different things you can add on top of that to actually increase the value um, and that value that compounds over time. So community is a big, big, big driver for many brands for sure. um, connecting with their fan base in a really interesting way. And understanding the data around that can be quite significant. So uh, Shopify, for example, rolled out with token gating within the Shopify ecosystem. So owning an NFT allows you to unlock a certain section of your Shopify store where you have exclusive merch for your NFT holders. And if you look at some of the bigger NFT communities out there, they do things like a lot of offline events, whether you are hosting parties or meetups or gatherings, or maybe you're an influencer-led brand, and so you're offering special VIP interactions with the community as part of the NFTs. Um, and as we go to Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I think a really interesting thing to think about is how you can actually sell NFTs as your, part of your BFCM strategy and really start to separate yourself from the noise within the marketplace of just offering a 30% off for a buy one, get one free, but having a unique value prop to really connect with those VIPs that you've been cultivating over the course of the year. That's awesome. And so I'm curious too, one thing that I see a lot of these projects that have been launched over the last six to 12 months doing is they've pushed hard with community, community, community. We're gonna do events, we're gonna do trainings, we're gonna do this, meet up, this and that. Right, but they're selling uh, an NFT for, let's say, the equivalent of a couple hundred US dollars to a thousand USD, right? It's like buying a ticket that gets you access. But at the end of the day, like how long do those funds fuel the community before the project like loses momentum? Have you found that there is a way to resell membership like monthly or yearly with access? I'm curious if you guys have ran into anything like that. Uh, I think there's two separate parts of that is how yeah. long do funds last and how do you keep someone engaged with the community? So one thing when I speak with brands initially is they're all focused on this first initial drop. But if you only have one drop, people are going to dissipate from the group if you're not thinking about how NFGs and Web3 can interact with your long-term omni-market, uh, omni-channel strategy. So that's the first point. The second point, which I think a lot of brands were unanticipating, is the fact that by receiving payment in cryptocurrency, uh, if the market changes, you're not actually able to deliver on some of the utility that you promise because you might have $200,000 in, yeah. in the bank, and then that yep. suddenly drops down to 20, 30, 50 grand. And so one of the things that we're solving for is when we work with brands, helping them educate them for the long term uh, and understanding that it's a strategy has to be built out beyond the first drop. And the second thing is helping them understand that you don't actually have to receive payment in crypto if you're not ready to do that. There are still sure. tax issues, uh, uh, compliance issues around what it means to have crypto on your balance sheets. And so our solution actually allows the brands to settle in fiat currency and even sell in fiat currency because I was speaking with a denim brand uh, the, other, the other month and 
they found that a lot of the people that were targeting, which are just Web3 natives, only made up a small portion of their actual audience base. For sure. Many people yeah. who want to buy an NFT might not have even purchased crypto. And if you think about the traditional user journey of someone wanting to buy an NFT, they would have to actually go to an exchange, sign up with an account, make a deposit, wait for a day for that deposit. Get a MetaMask. Yeah. MetaMask, then transfer it yeah. over, then come back. But we have streamlined that process entirely with our, our solution allowing customers to pay with credit card. We have a non-custodial wallet that's actually generated within the checkout flow. So we want to remove the friction on both the brand side to launch the NFT and be able to fulfill on their roadmap and utility. And then for the consumer to actually participate in that project. That's super cool. So you guys have really streamlined a lot of the headache with the minting process yeah. and actually helping users adopt it. So you brought up another great point too. We have two communities out there. We have NFT holders, early adopters, people that are used to the process, understand it, have a wallet, understand the theory behind it. They're collectors, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have this, the rest of the market, right? Mm -hmm. Which are people that have heard about it, maybe want to buy it, don't really know what to do with it. How have you seen the user adoption and the activation of a non-Web3 community actually be able to purchase and buy? Because when I think about a lot of the brands that I work with, if they were to launch a project, right? What type of education and communication is really necessary mm -hmm. to actually get them to buy it, Yeah, right? So we don't launch a project that we're trying to mint you know, four or 500, a thousand, 3000 NFTs. And, you know, it just goes nowhere. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good question. So ultimately the way that this industry is evolving is the technology is going to work in the background. So you don't, when you're sending an email, you just care that the message goes from point A to point B. You're not actually sure considering as an end user, the interoperability between platforms, I'm on Gmail, you're on Hotmail, how does those two platforms communicate? You don't have to educate the end user on the technical implications of that. And so we're looking at NFTs in the same way. In terms of onboarding, I think you're actually gonna see a massive adoption over the next couple of years, especially as brands start to focus on NFT as loyalty. So you have, the traditional route of the NFTs projects where you're initially just selling the NFT at, you know, a couple hundred bucks, that NFT can raise a round of funds, uh, which you can later deploy into uh, the project. A new route that we're seeing is brands are actually just airdropping NFTs or allowing their fans to claim the NFTs without having to pay for it. Or maybe they're already integrating it into an existing loyalty program um, that they have built Very out. Cool. And so making it as, as seamless as possible, uh, I think is going to be extremely impactful for these brands to actually be able to go to market more efficiently. I think one other interesting thing of why brands would even consider launching a loyalty program with NFTs versus a traditional loyalty program is twofold. If I'm a consumer and I spend my blood and sweat equity building up a brand, promoting it on my social, investing it in all this time. There's a certain point where 
at the, I have a, a shelf life of how long I interact with that brand. Even the, my sure. favorite personal D2C brand. There's an LTV. You are brand, not right? going to continue yeah. working with that brand and purchasing that from that pen indefinitely. Um, and so I, if I have a loyalty membership with a traditional Web2 loyalty program, I have invested all this time to build out my, my status with the brand. I can't resell it. It's just kind of, it's one and done. It's there. It's, it's there. But if I'm a brand and I allow my clients and customers to get liquidity from the program, they can resell it on the secondary market. If I'm no longer participating the brand, I now get additional value as a consumer because maybe they even have a limited amount. So you can look at this as like for sure higher VIP tier. Um, so like this tier alone, if you're only launching a thousand, it doesn't have to be loyalty for everyone. It can be just the most rare or premium of the premium projects. So people want to actually get these NFTs for themselves. That's one way to go about it. Um, so I, as a consumer can now get additional value by selling my NFT. And this opens up a secondary channel of revenue for the brand for all those subsequent secondary sales, because you can set up royalties on the NFT. So NFTs as a loyalty program, um, they can be an immediate revenue driver and they can be a revenue driver over the long term through those secondary sales. That's epic. Are you guys, I'm just curious, like use case wise, are you guys at the point now where you're integrated in with any direct loyalty programs or anything like that in the, in the web two e-commerce space? Not yet, but that's definitely something we've been exploring. And, uh, I, I think based on all the conversations I've been having lately, there's been a very large appetite for the e-commerce brands to yeah. launch something for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And I think this is an excellent time. I can definitely see us, uh, working very closely with some of the loyalty programs out there in the future. Uh, it, it feels like a natural fit of terms of where our technology is going and where the future of loyalty is progressing. That's awesome. That's cool. Next question for you is when I think about the NFT as an actual NFT, right? Mm -hmm. What have you found to be a good use case for the artwork on the NFT? Is it character driven, right? Is it like something like, I think of, I think what's been one of the best use cases for like, at least that I can remember in case studies from the last year, year and a half has been, uh, Bobby from the hundreds who launched the atom bomb project. Yeah. Like you've got people talking about it everywhere. It's like, I've, I've gotten ads for other agencies that are being like, have you heard of this project? It's been crazy. And I think what was cool about that is, you know, the hundreds as a clothing brand has had the character of the atom bomb. And they took that character and they built it into a multi, you know, essentially like multi variations of the characters with different, you know, with different features, which I thought was pretty cool. Right. So what are your, what's your take on that? What do you think brands should be looking at when it comes to the artwork? Right. I think there are a couple of different approaches a brand can take when it comes to approaching the artwork. So within uh, our suite of tools, we offer a variety of different smart contracts. The different smart contracts themselves have different utility baked into them. So we could have and deploy a smart contract that is purely membership based, where you offer multiple tiers that unlock different uh, utility within the backend community piece. So if you are launching a membership 
it might not make sense to have 10,000 pieces of unique art if you only have these sure. three tiers. You can keep it simplified so you don't have to go out through an artist and uh, hire like a, an external artist and come up with all these unique designs because that could be pretty laborious. However, if you have art already or a character that's aligned with your brand, I think there is still an appetite for the PFP space. And we see um, all the major social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, adopting and uh, verifying uh, NFTs as Verifying ownerships when you someone know. actually has a profile. Yeah, Exactly. Like Instagram yeah. is going to allow you to mint NFTs in the future. Twitter, you can verify your profile picture as uh, a proof of authenticity that you own that NFT. And I think as our virtual identities start to uh, morph and, and we start to see more people entering the, the, meta, uh, the metaverse, um, NFTs and having the fidgetal um, components to it where you can have clothing and that can activate and that can also be tied to NFT, that can be tied to your avatar. Uh, and the future could be something that we'll see, start to see more and more of. That's awesome. That's cool. And so, um, with that being said, uh, and the artwork and those things that you guys are doing, like, let's say if I was a, let's say I was like a women's activewear brand, right. Uh And I came to you yeah, and I was like, Gerard, we have a hundred thousand customers and, uh, we want to launch a online fitness community, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe we, you know, we have this massive community, we're an activewear brand, and we want to want, launch like an actual like fitness arm of this. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you tell me? Is this something that I could do within rare circles and like host like, w- you know, new, new weekly workouts yeah. and like a community? Is that something that would be a good use case for you guys? Yeah, that would be a phenomenal use case for our technology. Cool. I think... When I look at the ways to build community in the Web2 space, you are essentially renting your community. You build it on Facebook. You build it on Instagram. Yep. You might feel like it'll never happen to you, but there have been many brands that have been banned for those platforms because of some of the content that they post. Maybe they were posting something that wasn't aligned with the terms of services, or maybe Facebook changes its terms of services and now starts charging you a ridiculous amount to post to those groups. We saw it happen with individual businesses pages on Facebook, right? Uh, Facebook groups, you still have a decent amount of reach, but they're looking to monetize all the time, new ways, new channels to increase revenue for the organization. And so I believe it's only a matter of time before your reach to the Facebook groups starts to dwindle unless you start paying. So with our community component, it's a community that you completely own, that you can have full control over, that you are not renting from one of these centralized platforms. Um, in terms of looking at the type of members you get into that community is also very powerful from a data perspective. Because when I look at traditional loyalty programs in terms of the Web2 space, when I log into um Uh, educational content or a community piece, I'm entering my email and I'm entering my password. With the Web3 space, you're entering essentially your digital wallet, digital bank account, and NFT. And so 
being able to glean data and analytics around the behavior of what people are doing with their digital wallet and identity, I think is going to be very powerful. And you can do things like integrate that into your remarketing efforts if you want to segment a certain component of your Web3 audience, do specific airdrops to them, um, provide additional content that's token gated uh, and make it a really valuable experience to the user. I think it is a, a no-brainer and that that um, use case that you gave is spot on. That's awesome. And another question for you, because w one of the things I think that's kind of difficult being being Web3 is everything being decentralized. Mm -hmm. And with a decentralized network comes like the inability to actually communicate with people outside of a platform, right? So my question is like, are you guys able to tie specific records and ownership to any first party data points like name, email, phone number? Just because at the end of the day, like we're still in a web two world. If, if we have this audience that just gets gated directly through you know the authentication 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 of a of an nft like we still want to know from a from a business like how many people are using it who are they yeah. like what are the value points around yeah. there, right yeah and i think that's been a major problem for brands in the first wave of nft launches if you look at someone launching nft on say OpenSea. As a brand, I don't actually get any information around that customer. If they go and connect to my Discord, I might get an anonymized wallet ID. It's yeah. very limited in terms of what I can do and the knowledge I have about that customer. But with our community component, we have essentially built a CRM for Web3. So you can collect the name, the email, phone number, if you would like, uh, and use that data for remarketing efforts down the road. That's great. And is, I'm just curious right now, is there any like direct API integrations that you can roll that data out and connect it to like a Calavio or another like e-commerce ESP? Yeah, I like to look at us as a, a headless solution for the NFT space. So we have been working on our API to be able to integrate to those third parties that you would be leveraging, let's say Clavio. Um, that's definitely something that we could uh, are continuing to explore and looking at different integrations with different partners within the e-commerce ecosystem. That's awesome. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw another one out of you real fast. Like, yeah. let's say, let's say you were starting a brand or you owned a brand today. Uh -huh. What do you think would be the best use case? Like, let's think of it. Is it like, Hey, I own like a sneaker brand. And then this is, we would launch something on top of that surfboard brand, clothing brand. Like think about it. Could you give us any type of like use case in what you think would be cool for an upcoming project just to kind of inspire listeners right now on maybe how they could take away some of these pieces and apply it to their business? Well, sneaker brands with <laughs> There's yeah. definitely an appetite within that yeah, market. Yeah, totally. Uh, They're early adopters of Web3. For yeah. Sure. collectors. Nike, yeah. with their Web3 efforts in the last two years, has made about $183 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. It's absolutely bananas when you see the sort of reach and adoption that the space is having. What's really interesting in this space is you're starting to actually see... Uh, an inverse happen where 
Web3 brands are launching digital products first and then moving into more Web2 attributes where they have fashion and apparel associated with that Web3 brand. So I was engaged with a, a fairly blue chip Web3 project uh, that launched earlier this year. And they have solidified partnerships with some very large athletic brands that they are going to do collabs with. Um, there is another project that launched a collaboration. So there's Deadfellas uh, announced their partnership with Wrangler Jeans uh, oh, wow. just a, a day or so ago. Um, so you can actually start to see really interesting uh, cross-pollination with brands and with these Web3 properties. So if you as a brand don't have a, a character, for example, and are figuring out what to do, maybe you find an existing Web3 project where you can actually partner with them and then uh, sure. do a joint collection. So you get some exposure to that Web3 uh, community before and, and compile some learnings before going all in on your own specific collection. Um, I think, I think the main thing is don't launch an NFT project just to launch an NFT project. Be thoughtful and methodical about who is the customer you're trying to appeal to with this initiative? What is the utility that you're looking to offer them for the long term? And how do you want to promote it to that audience? With Web3 projects and brands, it's also really interesting because they are all community driven at the beginning. The success of the project is not how much marketing money they spend, but the adoption of the greater community to promote that thing. So I think there's a lot of knowledge that can be gleaned from what these Web3 brands did to be applied to your own native D2C e-commerce brand uh, when you're looking at community building efforts and how you can reward those members who are really strong devotees of your specific brand. Nice. And I'm curious, uh, next question for you is, uh, what do you think about reflections? Be and do you guys have any, you know, roadmap to potentially build that out in the uh, in the Rare Circles platform? I know a lot of projects are using reflections as a way to to incentivize uh, early adopters or purchasers of an NFT project to get other people in their network to refer them access and give them a piece of, of a mint. I'm curious what your thoughts are on it and if it was something on your horizon or that, you know, wanted to hear what you thought about it. Yeah, it, it's not on the, the immediate horizon for us, but maybe for those of, um, maybe you can share with your audience what reflections are and then I can elaborate on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, further. absolutely. So reflections uh, essentially are a payment that get made to a, uh, a group of NFT users. So let's say I'm launching a project and I know about this because one of our clients is Flex Watches and Flex NFTs and we've, we've been working with them over the last uh, six, seven months on this. And uh, essentially what, what it does is it rewards uh, early purchasers of a project by giving them a piece of the later mint. So let's say you're minting out a thousand NFTs and you say the first 400 people that come through are now going to earn a reflection, which is essentially a piece of the mint of the next 600 NFTs. And so that say that amount comes out to an additional $100 per person. That initial $100 
in would be paid out throughout uh, a wallet transfer from yeah. the project to the early purchasers of the NFT project. So you would get incentivized to mint early on and help promote and grow this community and by knowing that you're going to get a piece of the later mint. And once the mint is closed out, then those reflections get paid out. Yeah, it's a really fascinating concept. And this is why Web3 is so exciting. Uh, and it's definitely something that I think we'll eventually adopt within the platform. Um, I think there are so many different types of use cases that you can do with NFTs. One of the other use cases that I've seen pop up lately has been um, renting out your NFT. So if you own a born ape and you don't want to sell it, but you're not able, let's say you get access to uh, NBA finals with your board ape for some reason and you can't attend it, you can rent it out to allow someone else to be able to participate and purchase and take it that way while you think wow. in ownership. So I think... Or license it out to a brand that wants yeah. to do a collab. With yeah, Darwin, right? and, we, and we saw that... Yeah. Um, uh, a bunch of board apes just did a collab with M&Ms. Uh, so they were selling like $60 M&M boxes with no way. board apes. Yeah. I don't know uh, if you saw this, but there's, and I have, I, I was reading about this like probably two months ago, but there's like a board ape burger shop in Long Beach, California. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I need a, you need that. You need to go and tell me how it is, Martha. I know. I, have, uh, I haven't had a chance to uh, check it out yet. <laughs> I don't want to check it out. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but going back to the reflections piece, this is, this ties into the main difference in, in terms of loyalty. And I think that's, you know, V2.5 for V3, right? Where people are starting to see, oh, I can actually resell my NFT. And there's all these additional benefits. Maybe I get access to merch. Maybe I get access to in-person vet. But the fact that I'm getting now access to future sales of the product, that's massive. That is absolutely game-changing for some of these um, uh, fans and customers. And I think it gets, it really starts to separate why someone will want to buy them. And I would, I would imagine something like that increases the LTV of the customer, right? Because they are continually oh, engaged sure. with the organization. They're like, wow, I'm, I, this company is now paying me for future product sales. Why would I get, ever give up this NFT? I'm going to continue to support them. And so maybe you have an LTV of 90 days. Maybe that increases to 160 days or you know, a few couple of years because you own this NFT. The long-term implications of Web3 ownership, I think, are massive, absolutely massive for these brands. That's cool. And what do you think about, like, uh, authentication? Like, like, let's say for premium goods, like, let's say I am a boutique sneaker brand mm -hmm. and I'm releasing, like, a $500 pair of sneakers <laughs> that are going to have an authentication tag to it. Like, let's say, yeah. <laughs> first off, like, what would be the best use case actually running a project for something like that? And then how does that all tie together? Because I've seen, a, I, I've seen like authentication and verification as becoming a big thing in the NFT fashion space right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, I think that'll be definitely more impactful for the luxury goods market to understand that you are owning an actual uh, bag from Louis Vuitton. This $500 Chanel bag, Louis Vuitton bag, it's yours. And when you buy it, 
you get access to this and it actually shows and verified it's real, right? Yeah. So I think that's, that's one use case of authentication and verification. And I think another thing too, we'll start to see, uh, from brands, especially is that more and more brands are becoming environmentally conscious. And so to be able to show your supply chain on the blockchain and showing that the point of origin from specific factories, I think was also going to be a huge selling point for, for many people who want to participate with brands and, and start to move away from fast, fast fashion and, and take a more ecologically friendly stance um, is going to be extremely important to speaking with the newer generations. Um, and in terms of, of, you know, the resale value, it's, it's with collectibles, authentication is everything. And this is the value of non-fungibility, understanding that you have the real thing that you can look at all the past sell, uh, sellers and maybe the, maybe the NFT actually increases in value because of who it was sold to in the past. So, um, Logan Paul, for example, bought a million dollar Pokemon card, right? Yeah. So maybe the, the card's value, if you were to actually look at the past owner, would increase its future sale because of who has held that. It's kind of like a home in the Hollywood Hills that was potentially owned by an actor or actress, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you'll, and you'll see in the future, in the next 10 years, home sales taking place on the blockchain, most yeah. definitely. And, and I think that's also a really interesting sales point. That's really interesting. What do you see is like the next big thing on the horizon for the next six months with NFTs? Like, is there one feature? Is there one industry? Is there like one or two things that you'd like to share that are that you feel are are the big opportunity or that people should be looking out on as like a forecaster trend in the future? Yeah. So I'll talk about well, there are a few things that I I, I don't think are relevant to talk about. One, Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up right now. How do you cut through the noise uh, when you're getting 100 emails from brands um, right now? So one of the things that I've been advising brands who are interested in the space is set up a wait list right now. Say you're going to launch an NFT. So if we're in September, you launch this to your audience right now saying we're launching a Web3 project for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So you set it up, you build traffic to that page. Then you start promoting that, that launch for the actual drop. So people can sell that you can sell the NFT to your audience, like sometime mid October and they're paying for the NFT. So if you give 30, 40% off, let's say you get 50% off, you're still actually only giving maybe a 15, 20% discount after, after they buy the initial NFT and there's going to be a limited amount of inventory. So now there's exclusivity bought into that. So I think you're going to start to see really interesting marketing trends around NFT activations. But I think what one of the most interesting things to me that I, I just recently connected the dots with um, is, well, two more, two more things. Loyalty that we talked about is we're going to see, start to see more and more loyalty programs um, include NFTs. And I think the art around NFTs is going to be really interesting because we have simplify the process through technology and be able to launch an NFT project for brands. You know, a few months ago, you had to hire a, a private developer to build you out a smart contract. It wasn't audited. It wasn't integrated. So sketchy. Yeah. The guy so wants to be paid directly, you know, directly through Bitcoin. 
story and you yeah. never hear from him again. I think I've, I've heard dozens of those stories over the last year. Percent. Yeah. And so, so our, our technology solves for the, the, the back end, but there's still stuff on the front end that need to be solved for. And one of those things that I found was really interesting over the past week, um, there was a, a company I believe called Dolly and Midi, Mid Journey. And Midjourney actually entered, they, it's basically AI-driven art where you type in a prompt and it generates a piece of artwork. And they, wow. the Midjourney submitted this AI-generated art to a classical art contest and won first place with their creation of their art. And so when you look at NFTs, having unique art is, a, is something that they, the brand still needs to solve for whether it's, you know, three pieces of art for a membership or you're launching a thousand uh, piece collection that still needs to be considered. But with, I, I think what we'll start to see is these AI applications integrating with NFT platforms like Rare Circles. So you can have a fully turnkey solution, even with the art as a component of it, um, to, to help you generate a project on demand. That's really cool, unique, um, and on point with what your brand is all about. I think that's what we'll, what we'll start to see, um, happening over the next few months. Nice. And an another question for you, what do you, what do you think about how does, how is fulfillment working right now? Like when it comes to NFTs, are you seeing brands like giving anything more like, Hey, you buy an NFT and then you're going to get this physical good at all. Like, mm. I'm curious, are any of the brands, is it just strictly the NFT and like access to the community and if things like that are, that, yeah, that's a, that's a really, um, smart thing that you just brought up. So I had a conversation with a brand this past week where they said they want to tie the NFT to let's say, hat. so you're paying $50 for the NFT but you're also getting the hat as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's, and the reason why they're doing this is they want to make sure that they're delivering value immediately to the customer. So I think that's actually a great drop strategy when you can promise something immediately to the customer so they don't have, because with, I don't think you'll see this as much with D2C e-commerce brands because they're a little bit more established. Um, but for the native web three brands, they promise the world and fail to deliver. Always. All always. of these projects are just like over promising and over hyping. And by the time they sell it out, they do one or two things and the founders are already on to another project. Yeah. Just leaving it. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Oh, brings me up another good point. What's a good price to mint out at? I'm curious because you brought up 15 bucks. Like. Where are most of your customers minting out at? Is it a couple hundred? Is there like a price inflection point that you guys have noticed in the market? Mm -hmm. And yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I honestly think where we're at at the market, the, the cheaper, the better. Uh, $50, $100, $150. Those typically are price points that do very well because there's room for the project to grow in value, right? Um, you've seen, I've seen a lot of celebrity projects specifically priced too high. Uh, I believe Chris Brown was an example, which his project failed to mint because 
a celebrity, a huge following, but I think there's a big distinction between followers and fans, right? Um, and, and when you set the bar too high, you actually are excluding a large segment of your fan base. Um, but by offering it for relatively inexpensive, you can actually help the initial mentors extract even more value and stay in the project longer because yeah. they're seeing the growth of that and project. fired up on it versus spending four or 500 bucks and being like, what did I get? Yeah. Yeah, I think yep. there's, and, and if you're not getting that hat or sweatshirt immediately, there could be buyers from Morris. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I've definitely had that happen a few times. So I would say like $100, $150 is probably the, is the sweet spot for an e-commerce brand. Um, you could do a free mint as well. Uh, if, if you wanted to like reward certain VIPs, you can have the ability to do that. Yeah, um, free that mints, would be great. Right? Like, what, what? Let's say you've got an L, you've got customers that have spent like over $300 for you lifetime, made over three or more purchases and just being like, Hey, we're rewarding you. We're giving you access to mint a free NFT. Yeah. Usually costs this much. They're going live at 150 bucks. We're giving you guys the first 50 people that mint are getting them for free. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, one interesting strategy you could do, uh, that just popped into my mind is I'm a huge fan of, of contest apps like up viral Viper. Uh, yep, Viper. I, yeah. And I think one of the, the, the giveaways could be a mystery giveaway where people don't know, but you have to share on social, you have to take a certain amount of actions and then, you know, the NFT could be part of the giveaway, right? Where they they've shared on social, retweeted, entered their email address, sign up for your That's address. a great idea. And now you're getting this NFT and they don't know what it'll actually unlock, but you can yeah. build it up and hype it up. Um, and that could be a free drop, right? They're just taking certain actions to be eligible to require, you know, or you could, you could public, you could, you could um, promote it as an NFT drop. You collect a hundred points and by taking these actions and then you get access to um, the the first initial drop and we're going to cap it at 500 people or a thousand people or whatever you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, wow. I feel like we've covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in a very short period of time. Is there, is there anything else that you, that's like kind of on the horizon that you wanted to share today while, while we're still on? Yeah. You know, uh, I think, one of the things that I want to stress to your audience is if they are interested in launching an NFT, Q4 is the perfect time to do it. Uh, I'll give you some links that if they want to book a call and have a, a free consultation with their business and help uh, understand um, how they could potentially implement this technology for what they're doing, happy to hop on a quick call with them and see if we can be able to help that out. So I'll, I'll post you we'll, yep. a link to my we'll calendar and to, yeah, yeah. I will be able to, to, to book us, but, uh, feel free my, uh, to contact me directly. I'll give Mark my, my calendar link, but cool. my email is Gerard at rarecircles.com. Um, and you can find me also on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Yeah. We'll get everything in the show notes. So we're all set up on that. Um, that's awesome, Gerard. Like, it's so awesome to hear what you guys are doing at Rare Circles. And I know it's still so early on. Like, I can't wait to just hear, you know, be talking with you again in another year, another six months, another year, because, yeah, it's it's like we have this cool technology and mm -hmm. we have application to it. And now it's just 
educating people on how they can use it. And I think that's what's so great and why I wanted you, to, you know, on this uh, on this episode today is because I'm still learning about it. And and I know a lot of other people when I talk to them about it, they're just overwhelmed with what can and cannot happen because there's so many inputs and outputs to making something like this work. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, cool. Well, Gerard, thank you so much for joining today. Of course. Thanks, Mark. It's been incredible. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. We're definitely going to have to do another one of these Let's in do the it. next couple months to just keep re- keep keep track on it. Like I said, we're going to have some links to everything in the show notes today so all of you can follow up. And as usual, if you guys are looking for some support as well on your e-commerce brand, if you want some help growing your direct consumer business through email, SMS, app push. I got a link. I'm going to give you a free $3,500 audit and you'll be able to chat with me directly. But thanks everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.